Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support for Mississippi Edition comes from Trustmark, featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at trustmark.com. Member FDIC. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, December 11th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, two new museums aim to help Mississippi move forward by reflecting on its difficult past. I wept because I felt the blows. I felt the bullets. I felt the tears. I felt the cries, but I also sensed the hope. We'll hear from Merle Evers, President Donald Trump, and more. Then, after Everyday Tech, a new project is underway to help high school students understand how voters help shape the future of the state. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hundreds of Mississippians endured the cold to celebrate the opening of two new museums in Jackson Saturday. The Museum of Mississippi History observes some 15,000 years of state history. The Mississippi Civil Rights Museum focuses specifically on about 30 years in the mid-20th century. The openings were part of the official celebration of Mississippi's bicentennial. President Donald Trump marked the occasion with a visit to the capital city. He spoke to a group of civil rights veterans, museum donors, and other guests. These museums are labors of love, love for Mississippi, love for your nation, love for God-given dignity written into every human soul. These buildings embody the hope that has lived in the hearts of every American for generations, the hope in a future that is more just and more free. The president remarked on the work of the martyrs and pioneers enshrined in the Civil Rights Museum. Today, we strive to be worthy of their sacrifice. We pray for inspiration from their example. We want our country to be a place where every child from every background can grow up free from fear, innocent of hatred, and surrounded by love, opportunity, and hope. President Trump's visit raised the ire of many African-American leaders, including Congressman Benny Thompson and Congressman John Lewis, himself a prominent civil rights figure. Jackson Mayor Shokwe Lumumba joined Thompson and NAACP leader Derek Johnson at an earlier Saturday rally. Mayor Lumumba explains why he's offended by the president's visit. Today, what we are doing is standing on principle. We're standing in accord with what the ideals of this civil rights movement means. And that is why we choose not to share a stage with Donald Trump. I want to be very clear that I don't only stand here as the mayor of Jackson. I stand here as a child of the movement. For my father, 
My father had a shotgun placed in his belly. When we moved to Mississippi, we moved to Mississippi not because we had relatives that lived in Mississippi, right? But because my parents were so, so filled with a desire to complete and move forward our agenda to progress our world that they said we have to go to Mississippi because we have unfinished business. And so they gave their children the most precious thing that they could give, and that was a sense of understanding of our greater purpose to, to make a better world. So that's what I stand here on, on behalf of. I stand here on behalf of when I was five years old when we first moved back to Mississippi. We received death threats on our phone, and I remember hiding in a closet with my sister with a knife. Right? So once again, Mr. President, we don't need you to tell us in Mississippi what a civil rights movement is about. At the public portion of the museum's opening, native Mississippian and former NAACP chairman Merle Evers-Williams spoke. Evers is the widow of voting rights pioneer Medgar Evers, who was gunned down in the driveway of their Jackson home in 1963. Merle Evers-Williams describes her experience seeing the two museums for the first time. I wept because I felt the blows. I felt the bullets. I felt the tears. I felt the cries. But I also sensed the hope. Evers invokes her late husband when talking about the impact of the civil rights movement. Today, we are being challenged almost as most as we were when Medgar Evers was alive. I recall when he said to me, And I asked, why? Why must you be the one to put your life on the line? And he looked at me and said, you really don't understand, do you? I raised up and I said, of course I understand. He said, but where is the depth of your understanding? It's not just about me. It is not just about you, but it is about each and every one of us who live in this state and who embrace this country, the United States of America, because regardless of race, creed, or color, we are all Americans. And that is what this institution brings to the forefront. Republican Congressman Greg Harper attended Saturday's bicentennial festivities. He tells MPB's Mark Rigsby he was pleased with the presidential visit. I thought it was one of the uh, the, the finest speeches I've, I've heard. It was uh, very gracious. It recognized what Mississippi has uh, been through, uh, how many people have suffered over the years. And I think he got a real sense before he spoke as he went through the museum to look at some uh, uh, parts of it. He came away, I think, with a greater depth of understanding of what uh, had, had happened to our state over the years. And, and I think he takes that back with him to the White House for his uh, time as president. I, you can't help but be more uh, empathetic uh, and sympathetic to what has happened to make sure that we don't go back to that. There are some people that might say, well, the president's record on civil rights, not so great. They don't agree with it, and his presence here would be more disrespectful or just a little uneasy. What what would you say to that? Well, here's what I would say. I disagreed with many of the policies that President Barack Obama had. 
but I respected him as the president and the office of the president of the United States, and, and it should never be personal. And so the fact that he cared enough to come here to celebrate this opening with us and have a very heartfelt speech, uh, one that was compassionate, you don't ever cut anybody out that you don't uh, agree with. So if someone didn't agree with the President of the United States on certain positions, well, don't give up. Keep working on those things. There are many things that you work through uh, to get to things that are good. And he has focused much of his efforts so far on the economy and jobs. And if you're a family without a job, uh, that changes a lot of things and helps in that perspective. So him being here uh, is a special uh, event, and any time a president comes, regardless of party, uh, we should celebrate that. Annie Ryer was among those demonstrators who didn't let the president's visit keep them away from the museums. She explains to our Mark Rigsby why she thought it was important to be there on that day. I am here today because I feel that Trump's presence at this event, the opening of the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, is problematic. And um, that's because he has been, over the last year and during his campaign, publicly um, derogatory toward people of color. And um, we just feel that his presence here is a distraction and it does not honor our civil rights heroes. You're holding a sign here. Can you describe your sign? This is a sign from our... um, our group, and it says racism is not patriotism. We just feel that a lot of the rhetoric from Trump's campaign and, and during his presidency this past year has been racist. And we feel that um, he has used that to mobilize his base, and he disguised it as patriotism. And we feel that that is absolutely the opposite of patriotism. How has he done that? Can you give me an example? He consistently has talked about building a wall. He consistently has called Latinos rapists and murderers. He talks about the inner city as if it's the worst ever and that all African Americans um, suffer and are, are and he has just consistently made people of color feel disenfranchised and belittled in his campaign rallies. Why do you think it's important to stand on this street corner here in Jackson to voice your displeasure and protest? Well, I think everyone's here for different reasons, but I think it's important uh, for us to show that um, we don't feel that what Trump is doing is right in his presidency um, in terms of policy. Some of us are here for that reason. Some of us are here because we feel like he has nothing to do with civil rights. And he should not be here for a photo op today. That was Trump protester Annie Ryer with our Mark Rigsby. The Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, all under one roof, will officially open for regular business this week. Coming up on Everyday Tech, the experts point out how technology can go overlooked but not unused in your daily routine. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Your days are busy. Work, school, errands, kids. It never stops. And the news never stops either. You can keep up between Morning Edition and All Things Considered with Here and Now. Hi, it's Robin Young. And Jeremy Hobson. Here and Now brings you breaking news, developing stories, the latest in the arts and innovation. Asking tough questions, unpacking complex issues. From across the country and around the world. Join us. Weekdays at noon on MVB Think Radio. 
This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts Couture, and today we're discussing general technology and how technology affects our everyday lives. So, Wilts, technology is all around us in our everyday lives, from when we wake up in the morning to when we go to bed at night. There's no way to get through your day without being impacted by technology in some way. Well, that's true. From the moment we wake up, I mean... Yes, the alarm clock. We may not sometimes think about the technology behind that, but really the alarm clock is the first piece of technology we're interacting with during the day. For me, that's followed up by just using an electronic toothbrush. And what about that? those coffee pots? You know, how many people now wake up and the coffee's waiting on them? I know my wife sets hers the night before, and it's just she wakes up to a nice fresh cup of coffee. So there's intelligence and technology that goes into that as well. So getting us going in the morning is is definitely technology-influenced. And then that moves on to the morning commute, say, going into work. I mean, what are we affected by in tech in that way? You've got the car that we hop into. Well, there are safety features, and there are safety features on the cars around us, thankfully, that are also influenced by technology, be it the more common, the low-tech, hey, it's got brakes and turn signals, or even the backup cameras and lane change alerts and all the other newer things that we're starting to see become more common or standard features in these cars. So so now we're surrounded by technology just trying to get to the office. We all easily see where technology kind of comes in in the office, too. You know, we walk on in, there's a computer on the desk. You'd be hard-pressed to say that technology has not changed how we go about our daily tasks or accomplish them. One thing that comes to mind is the accounting department at our office. You know, Back in the olden days, just a few years ago, they were sitting there over those green striped pieces of paper trying to work through journal entries and everything else. Well, now everything is digital and it can happen a lot faster. So we really see where that comes in for the office worker or even the factory worker out on the floor. Just, you know, robotics, uh, you know, nearby we have car manufacturers and everything else. So, So that technology and that advancement is making it easier and quicker to accomplish these tasks that used to take hours or even days. So what we're saying is technology has allowed us to accomplish in minutes what would have taken all day. You're absolutely right. It has helped us to accomplish many things that would have taken a lot longer. And in many instances, it's also helped us to accomplish those same tasks safer and more efficiently and more accurately. Technology has allowed a lot of people to work from home. They don't even have to go into an office, correct? Well, exactly, yes. You can actually, through VPN technology and other ways to connect into office resources, you can actually work from your house. So you could be getting your daily job done while sitting there sipping a cup of coffee out of your coffee pot in your pajamas. And so getting us through the day with technology, you know, a lot of times we see that as as an office function, but really it goes back in the car with us when we go home. What about when you turn on the radio in the afternoon? Just some people listening to our broadcast today, you could be hearing this from the internet, you could be hearing it from the radio, you could be hearing it from satellite radio. So really even radio has changed, just like television has changed in that we have streaming services now and you're getting more things on demand. So the technology is actually bringing us the news in a different way, be that in our commute or or at the house. And then let's not forget, once you get home in the evening and You've made your way through dinner and you're finally relaxing and you're about to lay your head down. Technology is there, too. It could be that CPAP machine that is helping people with sleep apnea get a better night's sleep and a safer night's sleep. It could be the security system that you turn on in your house that makes sure that whenever you lay your head down at night, you can actually lay your head down at night with peace. 
And it could even be something as simple as that fire alarm or that carbon monoxide detector sitting in your home that makes sure that as you are sleeping that you and your family stay safe at night. So we can really see that from sunup to sundown, from the time we wake to the time we sleep, and even while we're asleep, technology is definitely there to help us, to make our jobs easier, to keep us safe, to keep our families safe. The thing we need to be mindful of, however, is that we use technology to enhance our experiences and our tasks and not replace the human aspect of what we're working to accomplish. We will talk more about general technology and how it affects our everyday lives on the next Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can always send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Couture, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. Mississippi Public Broadcasting presents Mississippi College, the 32nd Annual Festival of Lights. Premiering Saturday, December 16th at 7 p.m. on Mississippi Public Broadcasting Television. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman says he's hoping to see young people gain a greater appreciation for one of the most important civil rights, the right to vote. It's part of his Promote the Vote campaign to create a generation of informed voters. In connection with the program, the Secretary of State's office recently released a bicentennial history of Mississippi, an online flipbook which tells Mississippi's 200-year history by region. Secretary Hoseman tells us students in public and private schools and homeschool groups are participating in art and essay contests. We wrote the 200-year history of Mississippi, the bicentennial history, and uh, it's quite long. It's about 500 pages with uh, footnotes and everything, but but it's it's styled to be read by seniors in high school, junior seniors in high school type. So it's got pictures in there. It's got little snippets where it delves down into like Eudora Welty or something like that or Vernon Damer and different just ones that we've set the page out to where it shows how Mississippi grew from 1817 to 2017. So we've been going all over to schools and asking these young men and women to write a 500-word or less essay. Uh, we divided the states into nine sections. And we're going to take all of those essays. I'm going to put them on the Secretary of State's website. I think it's real important that people know the history of Mississippi. I mean, some of it was unattractive and horrible, and some of it is brave and set standards. And I think we need to look at it all. But I've asked these young men and women to look at their history. And when they do, I'll ask them to dream. Y'all dream where you want Mississippi to be when it's your Mississippi, because the future is sitting in their chair. I'm just a placeholder here. For another couple of years, people have hired me to do this job. And those people are going to be the the next president of the board of supervisors or bank or run a small company or the floor shop or whatever whatever it is in our communities. And we have signed up over 300 schools in Mississippi. 
and we're just getting a really good results. Young men and women are really interested in that. You know, they look back at 1817, how we started. As you know, we only had about a third of Mississippi when we first got it. The Chickasaws and the Choctaws owned the rest of it. And then the evolution uh, from the timber to the railroads to the Civil War to the post-Civil War area to your uh, Toyotas and Nissans and Ingalls. We have the Lower River, which is Vicksburg to Natchez. And Natchez is a phenomenal history. Then we have the Delta, and the history of the Delta is one section, the Piney Woods, the coast, uh, uh, all the way back from Bienville. And we added to it the, uh, what happened before 1817 when Bienville came, you know, the Spanish, the English, the French. We had a number of different groups come through here. And uh, we talk about that. Then we have a, a, a section that was written by one of the judicial, legislative, and, and executive branches of government. And the judicial was written by Chief Justice of Mississippi Supreme Court, Josiah and um, Coleman. It's also a civics lesson in the three branches of government. It's, that's one whole chapter by itself. Who is the we? Who wrote this, actually? We had nine different historians write each separate part of the, uh, the nine different ones. Then we had a group internally that read it. Then I read every word of it and cracked it, I just tell you. And then we had an outside, Martin Higwood's a great, used to be an employee of our place, did an overall last review, and then uh, it was put together in final form by our staff and Scott Coopwood uh, from uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. So a lot of hands touched it on our staff and outside our staff. Uh, Mr. Sansing from University of Mississippi is a great historian, uh, reviewed, uh, you know, the part uh, that applies there, wrote the part there. So we had we had a lot of people touch it, and um, I think the product is really good. Very interesting. It's free. Um, and it's online. It's so. online, and so the students are reading it online. And when I go, they, we put it up on their whiteboard in class, and we'll be able to turn the pages right there, and we read it together. This is on your website? Yes, ma'am. SOS.ms.gov, and it's uh, PTV, Promote the Vote. It's right there at the bottom left hand. And if you click it on, you can read it. But it's by chapter, so someone could look specifically to right. see what they're interested right. in. Right, right. It's divided the state into nine sections. Okay. So, I mean, the capital section is just phenomenal. And then uh, it goes through everything. Uh, you know, when Grant came through here and, and how the capital started after how the vote was to come here. And then you go into, um, you know, the individuals um, that were right here after the Civil War. And they were we had appointed governors. And, of course, he was he was really just um, surrounded in the mansion downtown, couldn't even go out. And he was from Massachusetts. His wife left and went back home. And, <laughs> and he asked Grant for more for more troops, and they wouldn't. And then it's Hiram Revels, uh, first African-American senator. Uh, was from Mississippi and uh, then later was Secretary of State. And he was also, I would remind you, a Republican. So um, he was the last Republican before me, actually. So it, it's just a really He was great the last history. Republican Secretary of State before, before you? Before I came. And he served in the 1800s? Yes, ma'am, right after the Civil War. Well, that's a bit of history right there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, you only make the same mistake one, every 100 years. <laughs> so I guess we'll go back the other way after I get out of here. Now, is this called the History of Mississippi, or does it have another name? It's a bicentennial history of Mississippi from 1817 to 2017. All right, well, I'm I'm going to go right online and look at this myself. You'll like it. It's got some good stuff. I'm sure I will. Secretary of State, Robert Hosman, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. More information on Promote the Vote is available at sos.ms.gov slash PTV. 
Before we leave, we just want a note for you listeners on the Mississippi Gulf Coast up to Hattiesburg will experience an outage on MPB Think Radio between 10 and 4 today. You can still access Think Radio and Music Radio at our website, mpbonline.org. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Deep South Dining. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Now You're Talking. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB public media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Featuring My Trustmark online and mobile banking. Monitor accounts and information, transfer funds, create special alerts and reminders. Details at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. 